I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. you serious? Hello, there are plenty of ways to kill time out there. Right now, you are killing some time with us. This is How to Kill an Hour, the podcast where we look for new ways to kill time and share them with you. Now, today, we're taking a little journey away from the regular kind of content that we pop together in a show because I'm joined by somebody who who I've, I've read quite a bit about, I've read a bit of their work recently, and I've listened to quite a few episodes of their podcast recently as well. Uh, I'd like to introduce to the show Christian Payne, a.k.a. Documentally. How are you doing, sir? Really good. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Um, let's just get straight to it, man. If I was to ask you what you did and you didn't know me, because obviously I'm a little bit aware of what you do, uh, what would you say? A little bit of everything. I exercise my curiosity and hopefully um, feed the family at the same time. <laughs> so I, I talk, train and document. I come out of a, a background of being a photographer, um, became a conflict photographer, half the year, music photographer. And then I realized that everybody, everybody's a photographer and needed to diversify. So now I just uh, love to document. I love to train people how to document and, uh, and all the stuff in between his personal projects okay and and what sort of stuff have you been documenting recently so i've just got back from chernobyl where i was wine tasting in the exclusion zone that is the first wine tasting i think that happened that has happened there uh, a little bit before that i was in venice capturing stories of glassmakers artisanal glassmakers making some really incredible stuff in what people some people might say is the birthplace of glass so that was a lot of fun as well venice okay. off season i highly recommend it really what's it like because I, I always think about venice being this buzzing you know kind of uh, zone for romantics it's still buzzing it's still buzzing uh, but you can sit down in any restaurant it seems to be a little bit cheaper off season mm. and, and i could play an experiment i i took um i'm into my microphones i'm into my audio that's why i love y- your podcast so much and that is l- dropping a microphone under the canal and actually capturing like an acoustic postcard of what venice sounds like underwater so i did a bit of that while i was there and and you're not going to get in trouble because everybody's just doing weird stuff anyway. That sounds amazing. What kind of microphone did you drop under the water? It's made by a guy called Jez Riley French. And I believe he makes some of the microphones for Chris Watson, the sound engineer for David Attenborough. And it's called a hydrophone. It's just basically a little sealed capsule on the end of a long cable and it always makes a when it hits the water 
that's awesome I can't wait to listen to that is that a recent episode of your podcast no I I mean most of the time I'm doing like social snippets I can't be bothered to go through as much work that you do (laughs) a lot of the time I've just done like a 45 minute piece today edited it hours yeah quite a lot of the time I will capture a little soundbite like that put a photo on it throw it straight to Twitter awesome and it it does I like I like the fact that Twitter is a place where you can still kind of just do stuff like that and it's always well appreciated because you've amassed quite a good following and because I've only come into contact with with your work quite recently it's quite interesting to kind of discuss where that came from but it kind of feels like it's an amalgamation of this content that you put out you know you, you've got this newsletter you know you told me you're in you know you're in Venice and you're dropping microphones in water just just to, to, to share that with the world um, it makes me nervous listening to someone say yeah I was I was stalking your content you didn't say it like that but it's oh, yeah, really yeah, weird I, I forget I do forget because for me this is as much a personal diary if someone says what were you doing so and so I'll search Twitter or I'll, or I'll search one of the online spaces where I know I shared a moment because I've got such a bad memory I'm mostly throwing stuff out there for myself so I do get a kick hearing that other people get a kick out of it yeah of course man I mean like with the reason that we got to meet today was, was through a microphone actually the, the mic me we've done an episode on it here at How To Kill An Hour which you can find it's literally like you know 10 episodes before this so just check it out and you know, we got to sit down and have a conversation about the Might Me and, and, and how we use that in our workflow in our recent E3 episodes. Uh, the Might Me, just to give you a quick summary, is, it is a portable microphone that you can take out and about with you, which has a possible, it's, it's so flexible. It works with your camera phone and syncs the audio that it records, which is very high quality with video that you're recording, uh, that you can record on your phone, which is usually pretty high quality as well. Uh, and we used it in a very unique way, I believe. Uh, before I met with you, I was like, well, let's have a look and see who I'm going to meet kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, let's, let's have a little Google, you know. And I came across your newsletter, which I signed up for, which is, I said to you, it's, it's, it's I like your newsletter because it's long, but interestingly long. It's like, it's a good, it's a good, like when I, when I saw it drop into the inbox, I was like, it's a good read. This is a good read. It's not like, oh, fuck's sake. Get to the end of it, mate. Like, plug whatever you plug in. But don't you it's think a- it's a bit narcissistic in a way? I mean, I'm asking you because I never ask anybody this, but it is literally a list of what I've eaten, what I've looked, read, what I've thought, what I've... And quite often I get to the bottom sometimes and I think, is anybody really interested in this? I mean, I'm downselling it now because you know, at the moment there's around 1,000 subscribers. There we and go. They come and go, but yeah. I do wonder whether or not I, I need to dial it down and just get to the... But I, I don't like you to You could always experiment. You could, if you really want to think about it, you could always try and do a little snackety snack size one, like, hey, check this out, <laughs> bye, <laughs> see how it goes. Um, or, or not, but yeah, and also, what else did I check out? You was listening to the podcast, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy that will scroll to, scroll to episode one, so I listened. This is just so you can get an idea of how Christian, uh, the, the sort of his style, and this is, this is a really good example. You did... A documentary, I'd say, a very short one about pens. You t- Please tell the listener about that. There's, I mean, because that was a great bit of content. I was just like, I, I did not expect. 
to pick up an episode about that. What, what, yeah, I on. don't even remember this. Was I talking to another guy called Christian? Because he's one of the pedophiles. If I don't think that's what they're called, <laughs> but don't Google that. He's one of the. Uh, the there's a like, is it steliophile? There is a word for people. That's, I think it's steliophile. I think that's what it is. Something like that. Totally into his writing influence, uh, Christian Hambly. And every time I see him, he he rolls out. He's like an assassin. He'll roll out this little cloth bag, and he'll and then they'll all arrange their like individual weapons word making weapons mm. and i mean i'm geeky about all kinds of stuff but when all of our technology comes and goes comes and goes because we're always updating our screen there is something beautiful and i haven't invested like he has i bought a, f- a fountain pen last week for one pound just to see if it was worth a quid mm. and i think it was apart yeah. from like calves as it writes <laughs> but his stuff he'll say oh this was like 68 quid and it's made from like the nostril hair of a not a rhino because obviously that would be wrong mm. but they're made of beautiful <laughs> phoenix that's better <laughs> they're made of beautiful things people care about this they're often from some artisanal small company and yeah i like that and it and it and it can tell stories yes it can indeed yeah quite literally all right seeing as i like that episode is there another episode that you think i should listen to I'm going to recommend boring talks from the BBC for you, which is not one of my podcasts, but okay. I, I didn't realize. I mean, I get called um, a jack of all trades or a renaissance man, whatever. I prefer the latter because it yeah, sounds renaissance. sounds smart um, because I'm always dipping into all this, the, the, the minutiae or, or the, the microcosm when everybody tries to look at the big picture. I think that we can get just as much from, from the smaller stuff. So... Everything is different. I could never recommend anything. Some of the stuff that I really care about, I mean, I've just posted a conversation with a guy I desperately wanted to talk to, but when I Googled him, he was dead. And I thought, I've really missed my option. My, I really missed my opportunity here. I want, I, my year of being 40 years old, I said, I'm going to write to a mentor and tell them how much they mean to me. And he wrote this book called The Dice Man, and it blew my mind. And I rolled the dice for six plus years traveled the world and it made me who i am in a way and yet i'd miss my window then i see an article and he's not dead he'd faked his death <laughs> yes <laughs> so I, I i banged him an email and we ended up hooking up both in paris and over here just a couple of days ago and we just sat on a bench in the noisiest part of london which was the only chance i got so capturing that on my phone i've just edited it just uploaded it i really care about that it reminds me of all the stuff i was recording with my grandmother who was also in her 80s and and reminds me about why i started capturing stories in the first place because if you don't start archiving some of this wisdom some of these stories some of these some of these people's heartfelt tales of why and who they are you will never get the chance and they'll be gone yeah i I agree with you fully and um there are gems upon gems upon gems and you have conversations with people that have lived you know, I think everybody likes to think that, you know, oh, I, you know, I think I know quite a bit for my age. But, you know, when you when you talk to somebody who's been around that little bit longer than you or a few people, you realize the things that you, you, you will never know and things that, you know, that you that you want to explore and do more. of. You said you rolled the dice for six years on and off. I mean, I still always I've got bad FOMO. So when it comes to menus and stuff like that, I'll roll the dice to choose between dishes because I can't choose. There's too much. I'm so over. It's bad because I don't know if that's greed because I want everything. I think it's more, I'm happy to eat anything. So I'll roll the dice to help me decide because guarantee whatever you order, I'll be like, Oh, that looks way better than mine. (laughs) But you can have a bit, a bit. 
Um, <laughs> do you have your own dice that you roll around with, or do you have a dice app? So last week in Paris, I had never met Luke Reinhardt face to face, but we have been emailing for over a year. Yeah, and I said to him when the Q and A microphone came round, I was like, me 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 me, put my hand up and I said, uh, Mr. Luke Reinhardt. My question is, will you roll the dice for me now? And I held up two pouches and I said, okay, evens, you can have this one, odds, you can have this one. And in front of the auditorium, he rolled the dice. Another pair of dice that I gave him, which he then pocketed and stole, but I'm, I'm cool with that. Geezer. <laughs> and uh, when he opened up the pouch that he got, he emptied this die onto his hand and it was a 1,500 year old Byzantine dice made from woolly mammoth tusk. And everybody just went, <gasps> awesome. <laughs> and I was like, that was the one I kind of wanted. <laughs> <laughs> because in the other pouch, it's what I have in my pocket right now. And I'll just unravel this pouch. So in here, the booby prize is still awesome. These are the ones I'm carrying now. Okay. And they are a set of dice uh, from george the third's time so these are 150 years old and they're made of bone rolling the bones because they were bone and there's a little red mark on one of them which shows that the the tax has been paid the gambling tax has been paid on these 150 year old 150 plus year old dice wow and there's there's three of these right yeah there's a mini one as well which if i'm traveling light i'll just carry the one and just go odds and evens but back in the day it would be like like seriously um Number one, I will quit university and buy a camper van. Number two, I will stay in university and complete my physics degree. Number three, I will go and get very drunk tonight in the student bar. Number four, and on that occasion, number one came up and I quit university, got a camper van, and that's when I started traveling. And it was all thanks to the book, The Dice Man. Look at where you are now. These are amazing, by the way. I just want to, so the, the, the larger the two, the larger two, oh, I can see the red mark on it as well. It's like some writing, isn't it? A little inscription. Uh, they're, I'd say they're the size, a little bit bigger than a Skittle, a bit smaller than, M &M, than an M&M, &M, and the smaller one is definitely the same size as a Skittle, Skittle but imagine it was square. That's great. And, and how often are you rolling the dice now then? Oh, it's just if, you, if I'm feeling indecisive. I, I actually rolled the dice many years ago, many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, and one of the options that came up that I actually landed on was don't roll the dice for 15 years. And... I'm not recommending you, you know, you adopt chance as a, a philosophy because it can really hurt people. You know, I walked out on a long-term girlfriend and thankfully met her years later. She's doing way better than she would have done if she stayed with me. And, uh, and, and yet I owe so many of my adventures to just giving it up for the mm -hmm. moment. So now it's literally just a bit of fun. Because I, I use them in my workshops, I keep them on me all the time where, you know, I'll say, okay, choose a destination online for where you want to share a story to. Choose a type of content that you want to create. Then we roll the dice and it gets people out of their workflows. It gets people thinking about how to do a picture story into Facebook Live or something like mm. that. Let's talk about your workshops because as well as adopting these these methods, you you, you take them and, and you teach them to, to you know a range of, of different people, don't you? So how did you get into that and what kind of stuff can we get from your classes? When I came out of Iraq and I'd made a little photo slideshow for YouTube, my first workshops came about by photographers saying, how can we do this witchcraft? How can we make our pictures move like this? And and that opened my eyes and made me think, hang on, I don't need to be editorialized on projects with refugees anymore. 
I can just do a workshop and then use part of the money to go and do the project. So I, I built on that. I, I now train live streaming. I work with the BBC. I do workshops for them. I've just been doing some sound-based appreciation workshops where getting people to think more about the benefits of, of using and utilising and capturing great sound. Um, I like the more play play stuff, the stuff that involves a lot of play and experimentation, creating sandboxes. So um, sometimes I'll just announce um, a what three words address. I don't know if you've heard of what three words. It's an app. The whole world has been mapped by words. So where we're sat right now is a three word address. It'd be interesting to see what it's called. And so I'll give that address out and I'll arrange to meet people and we'll do outdoor like tech base camps where you come with your you know your narrative issue and we, and we flesh it out and come up with some strategy um or i'll just do short form video for people that don't want to hire shoulder mounted camera professionals and want to bring their video in house so it's whatever i'm interested in really i kind of feel like you may have answered this question a number of times throughout the podcast but how do you like to kill time i ask people this a lot and it's kind of separating what they do at work from their play when I ask them that. But I feel like a lot of what your passion embodies is you take that to work with you if you want to use the word work, whatever. What do you do when you like to kill time, though? I listen and I watch. And I think that in a world where, especially as content creators, we're always feeling a little bit edgy if we're not sharing something my really passionate killing time moments are just sitting and listening to someone smarter, better, quicker, faster than me, or just watching people in action, whether it be people watching in the street or whether it be a professional explaining their passions on on a video online. So for me, it's about absorbing and I guess feeding my curiosity there's so many, so many answers that a part of me would like answered, and I don't think they ever will. But the journey to get to somewhere is just so much fun. I suppose that's like the blessing and the curse of unlimited information at our fingertips, right? And also being beings that have insatiable curiosity. Hence why I've got one of the most expensive dumb phones on the market in my bag because I do know when to turn all this off. You have to now. If anybody's like complaining about the fact we've got access to pretty much unlimited data, you just got to remember that it's filter failure. There's no such thing as too much data, I don't think. It's about knowing when to turn it off. And and so I do do a bit of bushcraft. I, I bought a narrowboat recently, um, found some Bitcoin lying around on a laptop. Oh, yes. And um, and I, I bought it to do workshops on, and, oh, my, we're right next to a gorgeous canal right here, and I was just stood there jealously looking at this. It's an alternate reality. It's a slither of the universe that if you've never been on a boat floating at walking pace through other people's realities, you, you've, you're really missing something super simple and easy to attain if you borrow someone's boat. I, I highly recommend it. One of the sayings I love from the narrowboat world is, is slower is better. The slower the better. or Yeah, the slower the better. And I, and I, I was like, I never really got what that meant until, like you said, you're rolling at sometimes, slow, if you're in London, 100% slower than walking pace. Uh, like you said, through 
Because the canals are very interesting. They cut right through city. Uh, Have you been on? Yeah, yeah. And I I found, I really enjoyed locks. Uh, Sometimes I can understand why people don't because, you know, there are these giant uh, gates that basically you use as stairs to get your boat up hills and downhill, uphill and downhill. First, I'm just, I was amazed at how they worked, which is, you know, the pressure of the water in them keeps the doors closed. And by opening little um, uh, flaps in them in the doors, basically you can let water out, and basically you can climb up a hill with your boat or go down with a narrow boat. Uh, I found that really fun. I, d- I don't know why. I just was I was consistently amazed. I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it this time. I'm amazed as well because it's such old technology. Yeah. You know, some of these some of these locks are 300 years old, and they're still there. Yeah, they get maintained. Uh, you know, that's why it costs a fortune to actually have a boat on a canal, and yet. They are there, and I brought my boat down from the north of England because they're much cheaper up there. And you come across some of them, and they might have names like Big Lock, and it's like approaching the gates of Mordor. <laughs> you know, this thing looming, and I'm cracking through the ice. I'm the only person on the canal because no one's insane to be out in the winter because most of these locks are being repaired, and you can't go anywhere anyway. And you're just thinking, this is this is um, absolutely amazing. Massive smile on my face, even though I couldn't feel my fingers and the driving rain was taking my skin off. Uh, just massive grin. Yeah. Are you boating much now or will you be doing some boating soon? I was on a couple of days ago. I've got a big session planned for the summer where just going away and, and just switching stuff off and, yeah, just flying along. It's a, it's a great way to reset the soul. Definitely. Uh, and one thing that you find a lot of people uh, use when they have narrow boats are bicycles. And you're a big bike fan. Uh, big thank you to your newsletter for that as well. Uh, tell us about your, what makes your bike special and, and about this project because it's very interesting because it's like an ongoing thing, isn't it? It is. I mean, I've I've had my, my folding bike. Uh, now, if you are listening to this in London, it's almost derogatory for some, oh, you're one of those Brompton <laughs> riders. Weirdly, I'm because I live in the villages of Cambridgeshire, you know, if I take my bike to the north of England, people are like, oh, what happened? They think I'm carrying some bike wreck. And then I magically show them how it unfolds. And they're like, what? I've had so many bikes robbed that... I can't I can't trust locking them up anymore. You know how to unlock a D lock with a with a warm biro if you go on YouTube. I'm not recommending you do that, but no no having also a you know fun in lock sport and having learnt to pick locks at a very early age, they're, they're not they're not safe, they're not secure. So I just wanted a bike that I could sling under the table of a pub that I could take into all buildings. It's right next to me here. And um and that particular folding bike fit the bill not cheap but i tell you what i've got my money's worth and i just want to make it as light as possible because more and more i'm finding myself in cheap stations or up and down train stations and and i'm actually thinking of doing a little hitchhiking project where it will be lifted in and out of a car and then i could when need be once the cars drop me off just cycle into some random village and capture stories that way so that's why i love it so much yeah it's a great last mile device i think that's the kind of thing that is really appealing to people in cities as as they grow. So increasingly, uh, the house prices in, in, in central London are you know they're, they're astronomical. So a lot of people are moving out of London and commuting in, but the but all of the houses that are next to the train station are also astronomically priced. So they need to find a way to get from the from their house to the station, and and these kind of modes of transport are, are very interesting. What's the latest kind of thing? Because I've noticed you 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 focus on knocking weight off off your Brompton so what is the regular weight of a, of a bicycle like that well I started my bike because of the the seat 
and the grips was around 12 kilos so it is easy to get a brompton down to 10 and i've yeah. got the titanium model so I, I went online and i i checked out some of the a word of warning there's some really amazing stuff out there for sale but the moment it arrives you're like mm, is this going to be as good as what brompton have made and i'm finding out very quickly that quite a lot of the time the reason why it's a little bit heavier is because it needs to be built like like it's going to survive the punishment of for example the parisian streets which absolutely knackered my carbon fiber seat post um which i'm waiting to hear from them whether or not they give me a refund in china um but yeah i really like getting stuff i mean they've built an entire titanium frame r totally ripped off the brompton in china i'm not going to risk buying that but there's loads of little bits seat posts um ha my handlebars i'm absolutely loving and um the lighter it gets, you really do notice and it becomes, I don't know, just an extension of the body that you can unfold, leap on and in the case of trying to find you, cycle seven miles with very little little effort. Seven miles? I, I, I took the zigzaggy way. I've got a sat-nav which just gives me a rough direction. Right. It wasn't calibrated properly. God. It's just an arrow on my handlebars so that you can explore and find stuff rather than something going, go left, go right, go left, go right. I don't it's it's called... Um, beeline beeline that's it yeah we've actually reviewed that in no the show as well yeah 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 that's it the beeline a little circle device comes yeah. in a little plastic holder it's pretty good isn't it it is if you wave your bike around your he head to calibrate it before you get on that is necessary otherwise you start necessary. seeing some really like burning shopping trolley areas of London <laughs> I've never seen before <laughs> right so we've spoken about the bike uh, we spoke about some headphones that were amazing and it's this kind of audio that, that you really want to explore and we've experimented with slightly yeah, they're um, binaural headphones, and they're made by Sennheiser, and they're called the Ambio Smart Headset. And in combination with microphones like the Mic Me, it's really nice to have that spatial surround sound and then that punchy conversation happening. And um, there's something about recording audio with the microphones placed inside your ears, and unless you've never tried this... It's hard to explain what it's like, but you are capturing not only the sounds, but the sounds in relation to the acoustic shadow being created by your head. And what that means to the brain is if a sound is happening in this room right now, like to you, it's just it's just a clicking of the fingers. But because that sound is traveling at different times to your ears, these headphones capture that time difference. And these headphones then place that space in your auditory vision, if, if that's a term. And it's quite amazing. So you could walk around someone whispering sweet some things to them. And when you listen back to that audio, you will be freaked out in a VR sense. That person is whispering right into my ear right now. Awesome. I think there's great bits of content to be made with those. Um, and that kind of sound, I definitely think, would help to elevate the the podcast platform or should we say the audio platform but there was more content out there that was designed specifically for that and you also mentioned that you're a real big fan of audio and, and there are a lot of situations where people don't realize how important audio is for me it's been a necessity that quite a lot of times you know you'll you'll walk into a situation and it'll be like no video and it might be no video because they haven't done their hair and I don't walk away without a story. I'll say, can we capture a conversation? I won't say interview. Sounds too serious. Can mm -hmm. we capture a conversation? Phone out, little mic shield on the phone at very least, or a stereo microphone, or the mic me, or whatever lav mic I've got with me. 
And there's times when you just don't have the bandwidth to do anything else. And in Syria, for example, I recorded way more audio because I could very quickly upload it. And in today's day and age where, I don't know, if you're looking at your phone for two hours of the day, that's one month of your year that you are looking at your phone. Just give me a rough estimation of what percentage of that is really useful, entertaining, not entertaining, let's say educational time. It's going to be about 10% max. Probably like 7%, I would say, is knowledge that you require at either a primary or secondary level. So how much of a gift is it when you, like you are doing right now, you're saying, hey, do what you want to do. Go for a walk. Do some exercise. Go and lie in a wood. I'm just going to speak to you whilst you're doing whatever you're doing. It's great. (laughs) I I think it's a gift. (laughs) That's why why we do it. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It totally is. And and there's people thanking you right now because they're probably driving a car or doing something else and absorbing your, your engaging content. So that's another big win for me but there's also this this inviting people into your head like i subscribe to so many podcasts and the emotional narrative is carried for me so much easier in audio i get more emotional because i am building that story in my head therefore you can't tell me a more personal story because i'm using my imagery most of the time and and that for me is is the power of of not only the content itself but the power of the mind to really take that to heart and and I know there's a cliche when they say the theater of the mind but it's very cerebral content yeah 100% it's like um we literally just had a conversation about this uh you know if i tell you you can do this when you're listening now actually whatever you're doing imagine a cup of coffee on a table now that cup of coffee to some is going to be a double espresso to others it's going to be a latte you know to, to another person you know it might be a tea instead because they don't like coffee but you know that's the kind of the, the fact that your mind partakes in 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 the content that's being you know distributed to it or it's taking in and kind of melds it together it creates a, a level of reality that you can't get from other formats and yet we're still being bombarded by visuals because let's face it that's much it's it's a space which is much easier for people to sell stuff to you and unfortunately we've gone down the path where we could have had an open web but we've gone down you know one corporate platform after another and and they've got to be paid for so that's why upright video is ruling the roost because it's so much easier to have infinite scrolling with with uh, adverts dropping up every second and and I love how smart podcasters are getting about advertising where, oh my God, did I have a good night's sleep last night? No, I really <laughs> did because I was on my insert mattress brand here and, and they can make, they, they don't take themselves seriously. And mm. a great person at this is uh, Benjamin Walker's theory of everything. He's like, look, I'll be honest, I've not used this product, but they are paying for this podcast. <laughs> so you better go out and buy it. And, and I kind of love that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think the pod, the average podcast listener is very switched on, uh, so you can't get and buy them like that. So uh, I just like to say this podcast is what. No, no, <laughs> Not and, and that's an interesting thing because when you were talking about Mike Me at the beginning of this, yeah. I really wanted to dip in and say you are not being paid to talk about that product, and yet it sounds like you are genuinely passionate about it, but in the way that a podcaster would have if they were selling it and I just wanted to add extra value to your passion by going, by the way, 
I'm not paying you. They're not paying you. <laughs> We're just genuinely interested. I think that's something that we're always going to try and maintain here at How to Kill an Hour. Is, is there, there, we do run ads, obviously, at the start, middle, and end of the podcast. You'll hear them. Uh, we do do brandy content. We always explain when we're doing it. We don't try and get it by you. But we only really like to work with brands that we can get behind. Mm-hmm. So the sell isn't fake. So if we like it, we'll talk about it and promote it. And if we don't like it, there's been scenarios where we've been approached by people and we've said, you know what? Thank you. But the product isn't the right fit for us. And it is. And it's not easy to turn away money because <laughs> sometimes when you turn away money, you think, oh, shit, did I make the wrong decision? Did I just talk myself out of some cash? That was that could have been another holiday. Or, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But, you know. I think it's important for people if if you're going to be in this kind of environment where we will talk about a lot of tech and brands and products that we remain strong enough to be able to say when something's good, when something is bad, when something's okay because it's so cheap or for that much money, rip off. And I think I really want to maintain that with the show. Um, I mean, unless somebody has 10 million pounds, I'll sell my soul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? It's not It's not enough just to make money anymore. You've got to kind of make money and do good at the same time. So yeah. quite often I will talk about small startups that are seriously trying to make the world a better place rather than just look for the, the exit. Yeah. So interesting times we're living in, definitely. definitely. Also, right, before you go, because I've, I've, you know, nicked a bit of time with you with this podcast here, you are one of the most enthusiastic app users I have met for a long time in the space of about 10 minutes you recommended about seven fabulous apps that i downloaded as you mentioned them and they're all great how do you find so much appage are you out i feel like you're out there you know browsing the app store sometimes just going right where's a fabulous app for recording or editing audio where's this fabulous app for for planning my life how do you do it i always think of the workflow first what do i need to do if I can't do it, whinge about it. Maybe someone will make something. Yeah. If I can't find the app, whinge about it. Someone probably has it and can let me know what that is. The problem is nowadays th- the choice. It you know I always dip into the internet to Twitter. If you if you want any app recommendation around story making, you can be pretty sure that the the master of app procurement, Mark Settle, who works for the BBC will probably have downloaded at one point and will tell you, no, it's pants, or no, this is this is shit hot, you've got to check this out. In fact, he doesn't he doesn't swear much, so he'd probably just say, this is rather very good. <laughs> and, um, and so I will dip into the mobile journalism community, which you can find on the hashtag Mojo. Uh, somebody somewhere would have tried something. Because if you want an app to make GIFs, oh my God, or GIFs as they're truly called, you... You, there's hundreds out there so you really do need to narrow down your search so it's always what's the point in having a twitter network if you're not leaning on their intelligence yeah how do you use twitter do you do you peru- like well you've just mentioned that you you know you you ask for for advice for stuff like that do you also like to browse your timeline and just see what's going on i have many on? lists i have many lists i didn't i started like restricting how many people i was following and i realized that's like damming a river Mm. I do like to dip into the torrent and I'll, you know, I'll randomly scroll the phone fast and then I'll wait until bling, that's someone I haven't spoke to for a while. And I'll engage with that person to, to, to reignite that connection because I might not have seen them since New York 2008, but hey, how's it going? Because I love it when people do that with me. Uh, I'll also 
throw stuff out there randomly because it entertains, it educates, or it inspires me. Uh, so no real rules, but lists play a big part. I have a list. So if I follow three and a half thousand people, for example, you can't, you cannot monitor all of that. What's going on? I will put a selection of people, people I'm working with, people I learn from, family and friends, into a private list. And that'll be the thing that I open up immediately on my desktop, for example, so I don't miss some of that that talk there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. That's nice. Good way of kind of filtering through the noise as well, isn't it? Because there are certain periods of time where there's a lot going on on Twitter. I added you to a list yesterday. You did indeed. Was it, pod- was it podcasting? It was podcasters. Yeah, just so that podcasters. I... So it's, it also helps like, oh, that, you know, if I just want to see what's going on in the podcasting world or what content is coming out in audio, just quickly open that list. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I've got a couple of lists, but then I'm kind of... I'm a bit like I'll open Twitter... Have a little browse, and I mean a little browse, not like hours, and then I'll leave it. Like I've, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not as. I, I, I mean, there's certain times that I go, oh, that hashtag. Let's go and see what's cracking because you know you get some absolute gold on Twitter. Um, but I think if I wanted to have a nice, a nice browse, I might start using lists more in the future. You probably, you're on Facebook, yeah? Oh yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah, I I'm not. You see, so uh, for me. That's my sowing seeds of serendipity or whatever you want to call it has always been on Twitter. And I don't think I'd be, you know, devastated should Twitter end up pulling the plug or something happen to it because I believe I've built a network there which will migrate to the next big place, whether it's Mastodon or wherever. Cool. So, and I, I, I make ever since that day, February the 13th, 2008, when I was driving along in like a Land Rover I'd just converted to be biodiesel and I hit a telegraph pole and rolled it and then as I stepped out instead of 
calling my client and saying, I'm going to be late to take those photos. I captured a little video on my Nokia N95 and shared it to the internet and it went viral. I stopped calling myself a photographer and for me it was all about the networks. You cannot underestimate how powerful it is if you throw something out there and it sticks. Just the other day, I'm really trying to find a lightweight two-speed Brompton bicycle. Anybody got any ideas? Because there was nothing on eBay. The CEO of Brompton responds, hey, you can borrow mine. And I'm like, I love the internet. Because <laughs> there's, there's much more important stuff than that happens. Mm. Um, so if you are in these spaces, offer as much value as you can. Connect with kindness because it will come back tenfold. Okay. Are you on the other social medias as well? Like Insta, I know Insta is practically Facebook. It is Facebook. Yeah. That's the only kind of corner of Facebook. And it's not that I, I, I'm, I'm totally anti-Facebook. It's just that not doing Facebook frees up eight hours <laughs> of my day <laughs> where I don't have to pay too much attention to ex-girlfriends and people I didn't want to talk to at school. Because unfortunately, when I built my Facebook network, it was just, oh, look, we're all connected because Facebook knows weird stuff about us. And I didn't build it like I have Twitter. So I totally get it. And for you, being a content creator across multiple platforms, you have to have that kind of place. But for me, Facebook is for all the people you kind of already know. And other micro-blogging type platforms are for all the people you, you want to know. Yeah, uh, Twitter is is probably my favorite place for engagement, uh, whether it's engaging on a positive note or watching other people battle it out through a series of tweets. It's, it's always great. But... Um, Please, before we wrap today's show up, can you just sh- share with the listener how they can find more of what you do? Because, you know, you, you, you have a lot of content that you pop out there. I do. Be kind, be gentle. Uh, it's documentally with two L's pretty much everywhere. Um, my newsletter's on documentally.com forward slash newsletter. It's also on ourmaninside.com, but that doesn't work for me. I think I need to refresh my what, cash. What was that? Yeah, what was that? Our Man yeah. Inside was born a long time ago when I had a friend who worked inside Parliament as a journalist, and ah. he was leaking fascinating, interesting truths behind behind how the machine works and so i created that as an an anonymous he says in air comments because nothing's anonymous online mm-hmm. as an anonymous blog and um and i kept it because i quite like our man inside yeah it's got a nice ring to it uh so yeah uh, uh the newsletter's fun uh i do recommend you go and check out the podcast as well i, I think just the fact that you don't know what's coming up in the next episode is is such a pleasure and um yeah i look forward to catching up with you again man um we, we put together a little idea and when we get that off the ground that will make some content that hopefully you really appreciate listening to and we will probably appreciate listening back to as well because i think at the time of recording it we're going to be well we don't really know how we're going to be feeling do we um but thank you very much for joining us on how to kill an hour we will put all of all of the links to everything that we spoke about with regards to documentally in the show description so please check that uh, and also check out howtokillanhour.com it's our website where we put everything we do in the meantime look after yourself and I'll speak to you soon Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 